You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today and every Thursday we have Peter Watts in the studio continuing his series, Searching for Certainty. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you here. It's a uh, a bit of a, a, well, an overcast day. I, day. I can't say it was raining a little I bit earlier, at the weather. It? I looked at the weather forecast and it's going to be drier today than it was yesterday, but that's, you it know, was, not so much. It was a very wet day. We had some heavy rains at times yesterday. So, uh, But anyway, um, on to today's uh, program. Peter, just to start off, I'm just going to ask you a question about um, car racing. Have you ever attended a car racing event like the Bathurst 1000 that's coming up shortly. Yeah, right. Bathurst is on the horizon. I have actually, I did ascend, um, attend a rally when I was in the UK. I actually um, grew up uh, in Birmingham, which is a very sort of, uh, used to be a car manufacturing city. And my grandfather, father and, and, and I and my uncles all worked at the car factory at some point. But um, yeah, I used to, attended a, an outdoor uh, cross-country car rally um, back in the, ooh, it would have been the uh, mid-80s, um, and uh, it was a, that was a lot of fun. I, I wouldn't say I was the, you know, the most um, avid motor racing enthusiast, but I do like to watch the, the motor racing from time to time, and I, I, uh, a couple of years ago I watched the Bathurst with a, a family up north and uh, had a good time with them. So my uh, my grandfather was very much into watching Bathurst. He was a car man. He was a car salesman, and then ended up uh, very high up in Tees Toyota, mm-hmm. um, Australia. And my uncle uh, was a very keen follower of the car racing, and his uh, his fan was Dick Johnson, who drove the uh, Fords mm. and. Uh, we always went for Peter Brock in the Holden, so right, you know, there's okay. a bit of rivalry there. So, of course, so, yeah. Formula One races are also very popular, and you've got, uh, you know, if you look back in um, the recent history, I, you know, I remember seeing uh, Michael Schumacher winning the championship uh, one of the years, and he ra- he was seven-time Formula One world champion, um, twice with uh, Benetton and four times, uh, five times, sorry, with Ferrari. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's quite a record to be seven times world champion consecutively. Uh, well, uh, the, the last five were consecutive, I should say. But um, when you think about the, the, the motor racing, whether it's Bathurst, whether it's Formula One, they're, they're very meticulous. The engineers are very meticulous in, in the way they prepare the vehicle, the kinds of fuel that they use. Uh, the way that the driver is managing the vehicle, mm. you know, throughout the course of the race. And some of these races are, are quite long in length. Yeah. And uh, the drivers themselves have to be physically fit. Yes. Uh, because it's quite uh, a, a physically uh, t- taxing uh, yeah. exercise to drive these vehicles. Yeah, and particularly the Bathurst 1000, which is an all-day race. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. But uh, I, I guess um, why are we talking about cars and uh, how does that, that, do how that got to do with our topic today? So our topic today is abundant living and we want to um, I guess make that comparison from the fact that just as in Formula One or in Bathurst they have these highly uh, you know finely tuned machines Mm. uh, that they race and that there's a great deal of money time and effort put into making sure that the car is ready for the race That's also true of the human body. It's also true in terms of life. In other words, we have a machine. We have this incredible biological, physical, chemical machine called the human body, 
which uh, our brain is, if you like, the decision-making centre, and, and our brain uh, governs uh, how we use this body and how we care for this body and, and so forth. And when we talk about abundant living, we're talking really about what the Bible says about how we should care for the body, mm-hmm. and particularly um, in regards to what fuel we should put in the body as well. Uh, and we're going to take a look at that um, today. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, I might get you to read that, uh, Jason. It says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. All right, so we're talking about abundant living, and here he's saying that he, he's come that, that we can have life and have it more abundantly. He's not actually speaking here simply about eternal life. When we talk about spiritual things, we, we talk, well, we're talking about eternity. We're talking about life after death. We're mm. talking about going to heaven. Right, but actually, the Bible is full of um, counsel and wisdom on how we should live in the here and now. Mm. Uh, so that when Jesus says He wants us to have a more abundant life, He's talking today. Um, he, he doesn't. He, we're not going to wait until we die, or wait until Jesus comes and takes us to heaven before we start really living. God is saying we can really live now. And uh, he, he wants us to have that abundant life. And, you know, another thing I thought about was that God wants us to be happy. When we're sick, we're not happy, so God wants us to be healthy. Mm. And so uh, as much as is possible, as depends upon us, uh, God provides us with, with counsel on how we should care for for our, our body in a variety of ways. You've got another verse here. Uh, um, yeah. Third John chapter one verse two it says, "Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers." Yeah, so this is an interesting verse too. So John is writing and he's basically comparing. You know, we we, we have no problem thinking, oh yeah, the the Bible wants us to be spiritually healthy, mm. right? Um, but or, or the Bible has quite a lot to say about physical health too, and we're going to take a look at that. I, I noticed a headline in uh, the Daily Telegraph. This was back when I was in New South Wales, and uh, in uh, this was a New South Wales paper. This was back in 2006, and it says why New South Wales is sick, fat, and lazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says inactive lifestyle making us a, a state of disease-prone fast food junkies. And that was back in 2006. I don't know if that has changed change much um, and you know we probably can you know sit here in Tasmania thinking well at least that's not Tasmania um, but I think we all know that uh, the western lifestyle um, over the last mm, 50 years uh, has uh, you know become um, a challenge for us in in that it's uh, it's not making us healthier people mm. and uh, I, I think we want to address that. There was a show in the UK on uh, Channel 4 television there called You Are What You Eat and it was based on a book by uh, Dr Gillian McKeith and she would go into people's homes and uh, help them to make better choices in regards to what we eat and we really want to find out you know what? What does the Bible have to say about you know, food? Does the Bible, in fact, say anything about food? You know that may come as a surprise to some people that God actually has some uh, counsel on what to eat and and what not to eat and so forth. And um, there's a passage here. Why is this important at all? There's a passage here. I think that in First Corinthians six. 19 and 20 that I might get you to read there, Jason, that, that uh, you know, gives us a platform, if you like, as to why this might be important. Mm. So First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, this is from the New King James Version. It says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, 
whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you are brought at, bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. All right, so there's a lot in this little passage of two verses, but it, it says, you know, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? In other words, God wants to come and live in you. And um, and he says, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. You were bought at a price. And so effectively, it's kind of like we are borrowing this car from God. And we have this car to drive. And, uh, you know, God has provided it for us. This is this marvelous machine called our body. And it, it's interesting that he says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Mm. So there's the spiritual life, but then there's the actual physical day-to-day life of the body as well. And he's saying glorify God in your body as well as in your spirit. So we want to go back to the Bible and, and find out, you know, if we think about the cars, right? So I have a car, I have a Toyota, and in the side uh, pocket there is a manual, and it's uh, there to... I guess, inform me of how best to look after the vehicle mm. and to get the most out of that vehicle, right, uh, from a longevity point of view. If I maintain the car well, it'll last a while. And um, in a way, the Bible is like a manual for our lives. It's, it's a manual that God provides. There's so many things in the Bible about all kinds of different subjects. But one of them is about how we look after the body. And uh, so if we go back to the manual and we say, what kind of fuel does God provide? If we go right back to the beginning of creation, if we believe that, you know, just as Toyota built the car, if we believe that God made human beings, then you would expect that God would know best what fuel human beings need. Mm. And so if we go back to Genesis one twenty nine, uh, we read something here about the original diet of Adam and Eve prior to the fall. So this is back in the paradise of the Garden of Eden. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. All right. So back in the beginning, essentially God gave them fruits, nuts, and grains to eat. That, mm. that was their food, anything that had the seed in it. Um, and then a little later, what was interesting is after the fall, God must have seen that there was something deficient in their diet after they fell into sin. And we read something here in uh, Genesis 3.18. It says, And you shall eat the herb of the field. And essentially what that means is God added vegetables to the diet. And some people have been regretting it ever since. But (laughs) generally speaking, uh, originally it was fruits, nuts and grains, and then God added vegetables. So it's still a plant-based diet at this point. We need to take a break, Peter. Mm. Uh, we're going to come back and talk more about this and what what are the benefits, I guess, of uh, eating um, a plant-based diet a mm. little bit, but there's a lot more to our program as there well. Is. We're not just going to talk about a plant-based diet. No. Um, so just a, a reminder, our show number today is 0488-880-891. That's our Tassie Encounters number, 488 891. We will have a free uh, offer later in the program and we encourage you to send through any questions or feedback or answers to questions. And we've got a question right now for you. What lifestyle changes have you made in your life 
And what difference did they make? We'd love you to answer that question. Have you made lifestyle changes that have made a difference in your life? Text us in on 0488 880 891. This is known by Torin Wells. It's so unusual, it's frightening. Through the mess inside me And you call me out To pull me in You tell me I can start again And I don't need to keep on hiding I'm fully known And loved by you You won't let go No matter what I do And it's not one or the other It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known Fully known and loved by you I'm fully known and loved by you It's so like you to keep pursuing It's so like me to go astray your truth, the kind of love that's bulletproof, and I surrender to your kindness, oh, I'm fully known, and loved by you, you won't let go, no matter what I do, and it's not one or the other, it's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known, fully known. program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters and uh, we've been speaking with Peter Watts and today's topic is Abundant Living. And uh, just before we went to the break, we did pose a question to you. What lifestyle changes have you made in your life and what difference did they make? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488 880 
891. Now, Peter, before the break, we were just getting on to the biblical uh, accounts of our original diet, which was mm. a plant-based diet. And yeah. uh, and uh, do you have more to say about that before we... Well, I think that, you know, first of all... Um, we're not saying that everybody has to become a vegetarian or has to be a plant-only diet. I mean, you notice that we mentioned plant-based diet as, a pl- mm. as opposed to plant-only diet. Um, and that is to say that the more plants we have in our diet, the better it is going to be for us. And, and The science seems to be sh- uh, showing that The science that is bearing well, that out. There was, uh, there's... Um, it was actually there was a BBC news report just in talk in terms of uh, water consumption, for instance. This is this is not even from a personal point of view. This is more a care for the planet point of view. But um, in uh, 2018, uh, BBC news reported how to eat well and save the planet. Um, switching to a healthier diet can reduce an individual's water footprint by as much as 55 percent. Uh, raising livestock uses up a lot of water. Oils, sugars and fats also require large amounts of water to produce. Um, but growing fruits and vegetables is more water efficient. And, you know, as we speak here, Jason, COP26 is going on in Glasgow and people are worried about climate change and how to save the planet and environmental, um, you know, concerns. Mm. And, uh, you know, this is this is something that, um, you know, some people may want to consider that they, they you know, have more plants in their diet and, and less of the other. So there are, you know, there is scientific research suggesting that plant-based diets are, are actually good for us. This was another report in The Guardian uh, in February 2017. Fruit and vegetables said, forget five a day, eat 10 portions of fruit and veg to cut risk of early death. Eating up to 800 grams of fruit and vegetables equivalent to 10 portions results in a 31% reduction in premature death. So we're, we're finding that... Um, you know, a lot of that uh, scientific uh, evidence is, is is affirming something that the Bible talks about early on in terms of man's early diet. But, of course, at some point, man began to eat meat. Mm. And we find this um, after the flood. If we go to the time of the flood, there's a, a Bible verse there, Genesis 7-2, as, as Noah is being asked to prepare the ark and the animals that are going to go into the ark, uh, this is what it says. You shall take with you seven each of every clean animal, and male and his female, a male and his female, to each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female. All right, so here you have the first uh, identification that there are clean animals and unclean animals from a biblical perspective. It's the first time you see this. And then after the flood, God gives permission for them to eat meat. We find that in the book of Leviticus, uh, we find this clean and unclean distinction, and they're told that they can eat what are the clean animals, but they can't eat the unclean animals. And so we want to have a look at a little bit of that. What are clean animals? How would we describe that? Well, essentially, clean animals are, are, uh, if we're talking about land animals, we're talking about uh, sheep, goat, cattle, deer, those kind of animals. So if if you're thinking, you know, your your butcher shop or down the supermarket, you'd be thinking about beef, uh, lamb, uh, venison, um, those those would be the clean meats. And then, you know, people are going to ask me, what about chicken? Well, that comes under the birds, and we're going to come, come to that in a minute. On the other hand, if you were looking at that which is unclean, um, unclean would be rabbit, pig, horse, dog, cat, 
those kinds of things, they would be regarded as unclean. And how, how do they distinguish between the two? Well, there's a passage here in Leviticus 11 which talks all about this. And in Leviticus 11, 7 and 8, it tells you the two factors that make an animal clean or unclean. It says, And the swine, though it divides the hoof, having cloven hooves, yet it, it does not chew the cud, is unclean for you. Their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcasses you shall not touch. They are unclean to you. So it's to do with uh, chewing the cud and having a, uh, a, a split hoof. hoof. A split yeah, hoof. so it's essentially it's a split hoof, and uh, they're, they're grazers and they regurgitate their food, and, and that's what it means to chew the cud. Mm. And so, um, so th- that would be the one, I suppose, if you talk about pork uh, and, and um, pig's meat, that would be the one that would be most commonly used in Western culture mm. that would be regarded as unclean biblically. We, we don't commonly see uh, dog or horse exactly. at the supermarket. Correct. So, no. if, in fact, there was a, uh, a scandal in, in the UK back in 2013. BBC News reported some Tesco, Tesco is a uh, major um, supermarket chain there, some Tesco everyday value spaghetti bolognese contained 60% horse meat mm. DNA tests by the retailer have found and there was a big scandal about this there would have been a huge scandal, I imagine people would yeah. have been uh, revolted the, by but that. here's the thing, mm. why mm. are they revolted, mm. I mean if they're happy enough to eat cow's meat why not horse meat, mm. and it's simply because in the western world we haven't been used to eating horse meat but why not it really goes back to this clean and unclean distinction Mm. uh, that horse would have been declared unclean it doesn't have a split hoof Mm. Um, and so likewise dogs and cats you know our uh, listeners were probably horrified to think about you know some people eating dogs and cats but there are people in the world who eat dogs and cats Um, but you know we we're familiar with the um you know, the Chinese wet market, for instance, at Wuhan that uh, has been spoken about in terms of uh, COVID-19 and the, and the like, and, and that would be potentially one of the places where it arose from. And they used to sell all kinds of exotic animals for food mm. uh, at, at that place. But the Bible actually gives us some direction as to what is clean and what is unclean. So when it comes to the land animals, a split hoof and they have to chew the cud. Otherwise, they are not clean. What about... Uh, seafood. What about uh, the food from the sea? Well, it talks about that in Leviticus 11 as well. And essentially, the two things you need to be clean from the seafood kind of things, whether rivers or, or the sea, is fins and scales. In other words, fish. If it has fins and scales, then it's clean. Anything outside of that is is unclean. That would be you know, crabs and lobster and uh, shellfish and shrimp uh, and those kinds of things would be regarded as unclean. I thought it was interesting that when um, uh, Prince Harry was getting married to Meghan Markle, there were a number of uh, news items and not ABC News here in Australia uh, back in 2018. uh, It says 10 ways Meghan Markle's life will change once she marries Prince Harry, Mm. right? And number nine was no shellfish. And you think, what? You know, what's that got to do with anything? And it says something that will always be off the menu for Meghan is shellfish. The Queen and other senior royals avoid shellfish because it poses a higher risk of food poisoning than most other foods do so. I remember I was watching an episode of The Biggest Loser, uh, Australia, a few years ago, and one of the
the younger contestants who was 19 year old guy they had a choice between a, a meat food diet and a seafood diet for the week and he chose the seafood diet ate some uh, seafood that was not fish and got food poisoning on the show and uh, they said oh that you know the, the, the idea was that it wasn't that uncommon you know and so god understands that um if you're going to eat seafood if you're going to eat uh, fish it's got to have fins and scales that's mm. what makes it clean so what about birds you mentioned uh, birds yeah, earlier absolutely interestingly enough when you come to the bible and it talks about the birds uh it actually doesn't stipulate uh any particular criteria it simply lists all the birds you shouldn't eat mm. and when you look through that list of the birds you shouldn't eat it's ravens eagles vultures owls it's birds of prey for the most part mm. um and and people will be relieved to find that chicken is not on the list mm. which means that chicken you are allowed to eat mm. um and so when we talk about those meats or those foods that are clean or unclean uh you know typically beef lamb chicken venison those things would be regarded as clean fish with fins and scales would be regarded as clean but others would be unclean so so many would would say oh look these these uh, dietary rules laws yes. whatever you want to call them they they only applied to the jews yeah um how do we uh, understand that in the modern context uh, us as gentiles Absolutely. Yeah, good question. So first of all, I would say um, we have to understand that the Bible is written for people, not for Jews. Mm. And we must understand that either we believe that the Bible is written for us. If you think about it, the Bible is written by Jews, largely for Jews. The New Testament was written by Jews, too, mm. uh, to a large extent. And so, uh, you know, if we accept the Bible is has a message for us as people, it's not just a message for the Jews. Uh, in terms of uh, the clean and unclean, for instance, you can go to the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible. Mm. And in Revelation 18.2, uh, John is talking about um, spiritual Babylon. He says, he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. So he's, he's still talking about clean there and unclean. There is still a distinction between mm. clean and unclean in the book of Revelation. Mm. Uh, we've certainly seen the distinction there given in the book of Genesis at the time of Noah. So from Genesis to Revelation, you have a distinction between clean and unclean. Mm. And uh, I think, uh, you know, as they say, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And uh, I think that's certainly uh, true here too. We're going to go to another break, Peter. Uh, I'll just mention our book offer today. It's called Eight Secrets to Better Health. And it's a magazine-style book offer today. Uh, it's from Signs of the Times, the Life Matters series. So we will give you more information about that and the code a little bit later. But right now, this is Wonderfully Made by Ellie Holcomb. I believed it was true What if I tried 
traded this shame and self-hatred for a chance at believing you. That you
listening to Tessie and Counters, and that was Wonderfully Made by Ellie Holcomb. And uh, as we've been saying, our bodies are wonderfully made, Peter. They've uh, and, Fearfully and, and wonderfully made, yeah, the Bible says. Yeah, it does. And there's so much that we can learn from the Bible as to how to actually look after our bodies as well. Mm. Um, there's been a couple of uh, messages come in uh, during the break and uh, we'd like to share that so Michael has said I came to faith in Christ 45 years ago and saved much money and health through giving away alcohol and cigarettes it made a measured difference in uh, sorry I made a measured difference in diet but the real change took place in my heart and mind because I was risen with Christ. Yeah, I'd wholeheartedly agree with that. I, I can see a lot of my own experience in that, that statement too, because I used to be a drinker, a smoker, and a marijuana user. And um, But but it was actually coming to Christ that made the change in, in the biggest change in my life. Mm. And uh, Stephen, uh, thank you for texting in as well. Uh, you've said here over the last three years... 90% vegetarian. So I assume that means you've, you've moved to a 90% vegetarian diet and uh, hopefully you're going to go 100% soon and uh, as a result you've had to stop your high blood pressure medication after 20 years and uh, you've shared that your doctor was amazed at this. So yeah, thanks, uh, thanks Stephen uh, for sharing that. It's, it's amazing what uh, cleaning up our diet can do to our health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, we want to have a look. We were talking about clean and unclean before, and you know, does that make any difference at all? It was very fascinating. You know, if we think about where we are now, Jason, in terms of the pandemic and COVID nineteen, um, you know, in twenty seventeen, May twenty seventeen, Time magazine had a cover which says, "Warning: We are not ready for the next pandemic." That was their headline in 2017 and how right they were. And inside, it was talking about the outbreaks of diseases that are on the rise. And it was comparing outbreaks of uh, animal to human disease as well as human to human disease. And you can see in that uh, article the the rise, particularly uh, it's got a sort of uh, a, a, a block graph here where you've got... Uh, they, they measure from 1980 to 1989, 1990 to 1999, and, ni- and 2000 to 2009, the number of outbreaks of disease related to animal to human transfer. And uh, I just wanted to pick up on this, um, you know, the 1918 influenza, um, that was related to the probable cause was the related to eating pigs. Uh, 1980s, the HIV AIDS virus, uh, came from, um, was related to e- eating infected chimpanzee. Then you have, uh, the avian flu people might remember from 2004 to 2007. Again, eating infected birds. Uh, swine flu, no guesses for, for where that came from, um, contact with infected pigs. SARS, um, came from, uh, eating civets or bats. Um, Ebola, eating bushmeat, which was uh, also related to bats. And then coronavirus uh, is believed to have been uh, connected with the eating of pigs, civets, pangolins and bats. And so what you've got here here is a lot of these um, infectious diseases that we've been combating in the last you know, 20, 30 years um, and more 
um, have have uh, been related to that which the Bible calls unclean. Now, is that coincidental, or is you know did God know what He was talking about? And um, you know, there is a passage in Mark seven I want to address where people will often raise this and say, "Look, Jesus says." that, you know, um, what goes into the body doesn't make you unclean, mm. but rather what comes out of your mouth. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we can certainly relate to, to what he's saying there. We have to understand what his audience was. Uh, in here in uh, Mark 7, 1 to 3, we read, Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having, some, uh, having come from Jerusalem. Now, that, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, unwashed hands they found fault for the pharisees and all the jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way holding the tradition of the elders so he said to them are you thus without understanding also do you not perceive that whatever enters a a man from outside cannot defile him because it does not enter his heart but his stomach and is eliminated thus purifying all foods now first of all we need to understand that uh, Jesus here is talking to a Jewish audience. He's talking to the Pharisees. They and, and I'm also noting here that he's actually talking about eating bread. Well, that's right. <laughs> well, that is true. He's actually saying eating yeah. bread. He's not talking about eating um, some of the food that would have been considered unclean. And when he says thus purifying all foods, mm. the question would be what is food? I mean, if I dished you up a plate of cockroaches, mm. would you regard that as food? Well, you probably oh, wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Right, and so so the point is, Jesus knows his audience, and he knows what they know is food, and the the challenge they had back in Jesus' time. So you have this distinction in the Old Testament of clean and unclean. By the time you get to the New Testament, they've developed a third category, and that is common, and that is to say that you might have a clean animal like a sheep, but if it has been sacrificed in a pagan market, or if it has been dedicated to a pagan god. It was considered common, and therefore the, they would still, you know, regard it as unclean. And so um, Jesus is dealing with that, and you even see Paul dealing with that. You know, in the New Testament, he talks about food that has been sacrificed to idols. I think we need to bear that in mind when we see, read some of the passages in Scripture, because mm. often some people say, "Oh, wait a minute, the Bible says we can read anything. You know, we can eat anything." Um, well, no, it doesn't say that. Um, and I think that you've got to understand the context of what's happening in the New Testament. You have Jews and then you have Gentiles coming into the church as well. So you have Jews coming, become Christians, Gentiles becoming Christians. They come from different backgrounds. And Paul is dealing with, uh, you know, this idea of food or meat that is sacrificed to idols. Now, just uh, while we're on that topic, mm. um We've had a question come in uh, a bit earlier, and yes. we'll, we'll answer this question later in the program. But yes. uh, here's the question: Does it affect our salvation by eating unclean food? That's so, a good question, a yeah. great question. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we will address that later in the program. Sure. I just wanted to mention, I suppose, biblically, there's kind of a uh, a traffic light. Uh, approach. So you've got foods that are recommended. We talked about that, the original diet of mankind 
fruits, nuts and grains, vegetables, uh, those things, uh, you know, you would give a green light to. Then you've got those things which are permitted. We might call those the amber section where God permitted mankind to eat meat after the flood, mm. right? And uh, there's no denying, you know, Jesus ate meat, Jesus ate fish. We know that he would have eaten the Passover, so he would have uh, attended some of the Jewish feasts. Um, so, we, you know, we're not trying to pretend that Jesus was, you know, uh, only ate plant-based food, not, on, not at all. But we also need to recognize that the um, environment that we live in today, the, the way that animals are raised today for food is, is uh, a lot different to the, the way perhaps they were raised centuries ago when they had more, you know, freedom to roam the hills and so forth. Um, so we've got recommended, permitted, and then rejected. There are those things in the Bible that says you shall not eat. And I think, I believe, that we're better off if we follow that principle. Mm. It's time for another break, Peter. We're going to go there shortly. But uh, before we do, we'll give you a bit more information about our book offer today, Eight Secrets to Better Health. This is a Signs of the Times special uh, printing, Life Matters series. And uh, if you want a, a peaceful life, it's important that you understand and live in harmony with the laws of your state and your country. And if you want a long, useful life, it's important that you understand the laws that govern your health. Eight Secrets to Better Health, new in this Signs of the Times Life Matters series, can help unlock these eight secrets and give you practical, useful tips for practicing what you learn. This is taken from Teeny Finley's Natural Lifestyle Cooking. We're going to give you more info, uh, the actual code to get that book, to claim that book after this break. And this is Pleasing to You by Scripture Lullabies.
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tessie Encounters and we're back with Peter Watts and uh, wrapping up our show today, Abundant Living. We just got to this section where we talked about recommended, permitted and rejected and we're going to talk more about that now. Um, we were going to also share this question that uh, we had earlier the question is, does it affect our salvation by eating unclean food? Mm, you know, that's an excellent that question. So I, th- I suppose, um, you know, sometimes people might ask the question, now you, why are you making such a big deal of this? Well, I'm not sure that we are making a big deal of it in the sense that, you know, this is one episode in the show of, you know, 25 parts in the series or whatever. But uh, the reason we talk about it is because it's in the Bible. You know, are we making a fuss about it or is the Bible making a fuss about it? Is it a salvation issue? Well, let, let's think about this. We often think of salvation in terms of spirituality, right? Mm. Um, that, you know, my physical body, well, that doesn't really have anything to do with my spirituality, we might say. Um, but if we think about sexuality, right, that's the sexual act is a physical act. Mm. It's, uh, d- you know, done with the body. Does that have anything to do with our spirituality? Clearly, from a biblical point of view, it does. You know, if we were to uh, go back to that early verse that we talked about in First Corinthians chapter 6, 19 to 20, uh, is my body the temple of the Holy Spirit? Mm. Yes or no? Is that a spiritual issue? Yes, it is. If it is the temple of the Holy Spirit, it says, um, which you have... Are from God and you are not your own. There's a question. Do you belong to you or does your body belong to God? And it says you were bought at a price. There's a spiritual issue. Jesus died on the cross to pay for uh, the penalty of sin. He created us in the first place. Then he redeemed us at the cross. Do we belong to Christ? Have we been bought at a price? And the answer is yes. And then it says, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are Christ. So the, the Bible doesn't make a distinction and say, well, you have this spiritual thing, but we don't worry about what you do with the body. No, this is a very holistic picture. And so God has given these instructions for us. And uh, I, I would like to say that uh, my own experience has been uh, for the better. In other words, my life has improved because I've put these and other principles uh, into practice. Mm. Um, sometimes people will refer to um, Peter's vision in Acts chapter 10, you know, where Peter has this vision of a, a sheet coming down with all courts of uh, clean and unclean animals in the sheet. And uh, it says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But he's, uh, this is uh, Acts 10, 9 to 17, this whole passage is in, but it says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time saying, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Most people read that as God saying, what God has cleansed, you must not call unclean. Mm. And uh, really the word and, that is used so is common. as you were explaining before, there's that other category that called third common. category. Mm. Yeah, because they had animals that were sacrificed to idols, clean animals like a sheep, mm sacrificed to idols or maybe sacrificed in a pagan market, mm. they would could regard that as common. Mm. And, and so that was part of the conversation. Now, just before we go on, Peter, I've forgotten to give a code for our book giveaway today, and we mustn't forget that. So this is Eight Secrets to Better Health, 
And uh, the code for today is SEARCH28. That's the word SEARCH and the number 28. Please text that into 0488 880 SEARCH28. We'd uh, love to get this book to you to help uh, understand, I guess, the uh, secrets to better health. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned earlier, Jay, Jason, that um, I used to be a smoker, a drinker and a, a marijuana user. And, uh, you know, there are other things in the Bible that talks about health, not just in terms of what what we eat. What about what we drink? Mm. Um, in Proverbs 20, verse 1, maybe you want to read that for us. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Yeah. And we have, uh, you know, we have a lot of... Um, government health advice these days about uh you know ensuring that we we're not drinking too much these days and uh you know it's interesting first peter 5 8 it says be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour when it says be sober there that is to abstain from wine Mm. and uh so you know clearly god doesn't you know bible talks about people getting drunk and and drunkenness being one of the characteristics for which people won't be going to the kingdom Mm. Uh, and so it's it's important that we have that you know smoking of course is not in the bible no and and you know that's interesting that just in relation to that question um does it matter what we eat and is that a spiritual matter mm. you know well here it is uh, smoking you know we know categorically that smoking harms us yes does that matter because yeah. you know ultimately we'll be saved wouldn't he <laughs> well drinking's so, a better one know. because the bible does directly address that so we could say it doesn't matter what we drink Mm. but the bible says it does matter what we drink yeah and and you know i guess what i'm getting at here is that there's a principle of not wanting to harm our bodies yes yeah because our bodies are that's right temple of god now god is not uh prescriptive and i want to add this in here uh the re one of the reasons i'm sharing this is you know we we're not trying to send everybody on a guilt trip for what they do eat or drink or whatever they do but here's the thing we go back to the start jesus says i want you to have life i want you to have it more abundantly Mm. and we go back to that idea of this incredible biochemical physical machine that god has given us our body Uh, and the bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made god wants us to look after this body because we will get more out of life if we do Mm. there's no doubt about that Mm. uh hospital wards are filled with with uh, the consequences of making lifestyle choices that didn't support this uh incredible body that we have and uh we know that um you know this is not a salvation issue in the sense of this pays for my salvation. No, you were already bought at a price. Mm. But what it does is it acknowledges the creator. It acknowledges that there is a God in heaven who owns me, who has given me, uh, you know, counsel and wisdom in the scriptures uh, to how to look after the body. And, uh, you know, I like First Corinthians 10, uh, 31, and maybe we'll finish with this verse today in regards to this. Um, which says, First uh, Corinthians ten thirty one. It says, whether then you eat, or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so, this is really what we're we're talking about. You know, there was uh, some research done back in two thousand and five. It made the cover of um, National Geographic magazine. It was an article on living longer, and it talked about uh, people around the world, uh, little people groups who have. Um, 
longevity in a record of longevity they live longer they live healthier and they live you know they have a higher percentage of centenari- centenarians mm. uh, than than the rest of the population and one of those groups was a group of seventh day adventists in california that follow some of the principles we have been talking about today so i like i said i think the the proof of the pudding is in the eating and uh, at the end of the day god wants us to be happy he knows when we're unwell, we're not happy, mm. so he wants us to be healthy. Mm. And live uh, a long, fruitful life. An abundant life. An abundant life. That's yeah. it. Okay, so Peter, um, next week. So this week uh, we've been talking about um, health, and we do encourage you to get that book or that uh, little uh, magazine offer, Search 28. Text that into 0488 uh, next week we're on to a slightly different topic, and uh, would, do, do you want to just introduce that? Yeah, what the what the Bible says about money. We we're starting to cover some topics that people might ordinarily think, well, you know, what's that got to do with the Bible? You know, surprisingly, Jesus taught uh, parables. You know, a, a lot in the area of, of money and finance and all of that kind of thing. And we want to ask, what does the Bible say about money? We're going to take a look at that next week. Awesome. And, of course, tomorrow you can join David Maxwell and Tabitha Zachariah with his uh, David's program, Final Call, that's in his series, uh, The Coming King. So they'll be with you tomorrow. So as we go out, this is Josh Garrels, and this is for you. We hope you have a great day wherever you are. This is Tazzy Encounters. So much I'm down to tell you But you can't bear to hear me now In a little while I must move on But I'll send my love to you And you can't call my name separate our love I'm doing it all
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.